Thank you for joining us for another episode of Parenting on Purpose. I'm your host, Tori Roberts, and with us today, we have a very special guest named Kristen Green. Kristen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for listening in today, Um, and thank you so much, Tori, for having me on. So I have been working in childcare for, I'm embarrassed to say, um, about 25 years, and I do not feel old enough to say that. <laughs> you don't look um, old enough either. <laughs> but I started when I was in high school working in a Montessori school back in New York and kind of worked there throughout high school, babysitting on the side, and then throughout the years um, have moved out, moved around a little bit, um, and now I'm currently at a child care center here in Myrtle Beach. Um, I've been here for 12 years and have been the director for 10 years. Um, I've always worked with early children, um, early child care rather. So typically infants through five years old is my area, I would say. Um, so some of those key development years. Yes, Very absolutely. Um, so it's been a wild ride. <laughs> um, it's been a lot of fun. I got into child care because I knew that I was put on this earth to be a parent. And I knew that I wanted to make sure that whatever I did in life that I would be able to bring my children with me. Um, Obviously not at 15 was I thinking that. At 15 I just wanted to have fun and it was a good job that I can still be a kid Mm -hmm. while taking care of kids. Um, But through the years I saw how important it was to be that person in a young child's life that can just be a constant for them. Um, And then knowing that I wanted to have my own children one day, that I could then bring my child to a center that I felt safe with, knowing that I was right next door or down the hall. Um, So kind of stayed along all these years for that. Have seen a lot, have learned a lot, I'm still learning. Um, Definitely don't have all the answers. And if someone does have all of them, Hit me up because okay. I'd love to know them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us have all the answers. In fact, one of our things that we remind ourselves every single podcast is there's no such thing as perfect parents. Mm-hmm. So we can all just hope to do better tomorrow <laughs> than yes. we did today. Um, so with that in mind, um, I always I love to ask guests this question. If you could tell parents, maybe we'll, I usually say one thing, but we'll, I'll give you a couple. If you could tell parents a couple things what would you want to tell them? I think the most important things for young parents, but parents of children that are young, is to not be your child's friend. Wow. What What does that mean? So our job as parents is to help to raise and guide our children in an environment that they can succeed in whatever success looks like for that child. Being their friend, they'll have plenty of time to make friends and build relationships. It's our job as parents to teach them healthy relationships, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be a friend during that time. Um, I see it so often, and now being a parent of a seven and a half year old and a two year old myself, um, it's easy to just say, oh, you're mommy's best friend, and it's cute, and it's adorable, but... At the end of the day, I want my child to respect me. Mm -hmm. And when they're seven years old, they don't really understand what respect is as a friend. Right. How many times has my my daughter gone outside to go play with her quote-unquote friends, and and about 15 minutes later, she comes back crying Mm because someone was mean to her? That's what friends do. That's how friends learn how to 
mat how to make a difference to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to be that for my daughter. I want to be the one that she does run to and talk to so that I can coach her and guide her in a healthy way to respond or a healthy way to just walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm looking at my child as the fact that she's my friend, then I feel like you kind of take the authority of being a parent away. Yes, that's 100% true. And and it's great advice and great input. Um, you mentioned healthy relationships and you wanted to teach and train your child how to have healthy relationships. What What does that look like? What should I be looking for as a parent? What does that mean to you? I think what you would expect from other people, like if you were just out and about at a store or out and about at work and you're building relationships with people all day, every day, you want to make sure as an adult that you you have people around you supporting you that you can support. So you want to emulate that type of relationship for your children. Um, And it's not something that you can necessarily sit down and say, so this is how to be a good person or this is how to be a good friend. It's your children are going to learn from watching you. Mm -hmm. You're the biggest example of what they have to who they want to be like when they grow up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a common thing around children is to ask them what they want to be when they grow up. Mm -hmm. And so often do we hear at a young age, we don't hear the football players or maybe sometimes we'll hear about Superman and Batman. (laughs) But (laughs) most of the time the kids are saying they want to be just like their parents. So are you living up to that? Are you living up to the person that your child needs you to be? Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> but that just means when you're going into a store, open the door for someone or mm-hmm. just say thank you or please. Or if someone's rude to you, it's so easy for us as adults to be rude back. But when you have little eyes on you, they're watching your reaction. Mm -hmm. So if you were to respond with kindness, then you have a better chance of having your child respond in kindness. Yeah. And how often, how often do I hear my voice coming out of my boy's ears? I mean, coming out of their mouths, I mean, like I terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) And there's times where they'll speak sharply to each other. And I realize, oh, yeah. It's my voice tone they're emulating. Yeah. I My two-year-old that I didn't even know he can say some of the things that he says. And all of a sudden, he'll drop something on the floor and he'll say, oh, my gosh. And he's two. <laughs> well, who do you think he got that from? And those are just the nice words that he says. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're always not that nice. <laughs> and where did he learn them from? Probably my husband. Okay. <laughs> Not throwing anyone under the right. bus. Right. <laughs> it definitely wasn't me. So, <laughs> so um, what would be advice, like, if, if you've got a parent of young children, my, my boys are 10 and 13, um, but your specialty seems to be that early childhood phase. If you, What advice would you give to, you know, you've said to not be their friends, but what, what other advice would you give to parents of younger children? I think to have grace. Mm. That's good. Where, you know, here in a childcare setting, it's a it's a group setting. But even at home, I see some of our neighbors that we're all just trying to do the best we can with where we're at. Mm-hmm. No one has the perfect potion. No one has the perfect answer. None of us are perfect. We're just trying to make it at the end of the day. So give each other grace. And the fact that if a if another parent comes to you and says, "Hey, your child did something." Don't be so quick to say, not my child, right? And Mm -hmm. I just learned this. And I think that's why 
I it's on my heart so much now because just a month ago I was not my kid. Mm-hmm. My kid wouldn't do that. But when you have another adult that can talk with you about things, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. So I know the question was really what would it be for what would you have of people of young children? But I think it's just parenting in general is to give each other grace and the fact that we're all going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. but we're all on the same path that we just want to make sure that we're raising our kids mm-hmm. to be, again, successful in whatever success means for them. Yeah. So when you look around and you see how many people care about you and care about your kids, that that's what they mean when it says it takes a village. So yeah. whether that's your friends or your family or your neighbors or your church family, Mm -hmm. whoever that may be, to just wrap your arms around them and hold on tight Mm because it's a bumpy ride. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I love that there's two things that you said that that stuck out to me there was that it it is a community. And it, you know, I think, I think back to my, when my boys were little, um, my husband worked some very long hours and I, I had a couple friends that we just did life together because her husband um, worked Mm -hmm. long hours too. And so we would do dinners together and, you know, we just, and it, that community is what I felt like helped me get through those, some of those harder Mm -hmm. um, seasons. And then um, I heard you say, and I don't know if you said it exactly like this, but basically what your kid, like your kid, every kid grows at its, at their own pace. Right. And I'm, I, focused on the other thing you said and now I've lost completely what you've said but you basically were more you made the statement that um each kid is has their own purpose has their own you know they're going to succeed in whatever success looks there you, like that's what you for said them. that's exactly what you said yeah. and I I love that because I feel like we put so much pressure Right. on our kids today to be what we think they should be. Right. When God has this amazing plan for them and it is, you know, train up a child in the way they should go, in the way they are bent. And that mm-hmm. that just goes back to what you just said. And yeah. I I love that. Um let's shift gears a little bit. Um there's it, it's interesting to me just kind of on the outside of um childcare, just kind of in this in this post pandemic world, I feel like you may see the impact on some of these younger lives um, more than maybe some of the older kids or have a different impact than some of the older kids have had. Have you seen yes. anything come through that's maybe different than what you saw pre-pandemic? Absolutely. I think COVID in itself obviously rocked all of our worlds for so many reasons, but it's just so unfortunate for the children that we see now that they're, whether it's their own fear, if they're old enough to understand, or that people around them have instilled this fear of germs and just being dirty and getting down and playing. And I I know a friend of mine, her child is obsessed with washing his hands. Doesn't sound like a terrible thing, but do you think that would have happened before COVID? Interesting. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's, it's possible, yeah. but maybe not. And I just think that at the end of the day, we all need to just take a moment and remember Babies were born in caves, okay? <laughs> they were born in caves, and they did pretty good. Mm-hmm. So a little dirt don't hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kids just need to be outside and playing and manipulating whatever it is that they can because they're going to learn the most through play. Mm-hmm. And when they see – I mean, look, I'll, I'll be honest. I was one of the ones who was – 
um, sanitizing my grocery bags, mm-hmm. and making my husband strip down and throw his clothes right into the washing machine when he came home and in that height of COVID. We, we all were. I think mm-hmm. we were all Everybody was terrified. Scared. And then as time went on, you know, everyone kind of went their own direction of whatever it felt, whatever felt right for them. Mm-hmm. And I just think that now that we're, you know, COVID is still here. COVID's not going anywhere. However, we have to come to an understanding that our kids still need to be kids. So keeping them in a bubble is only going to potentially hurt them. And the greatest thing about early childcare is that as much as a lot of a lot of the parents um, don't really care for the whole rule of like, if they're sick, you got to keep them home, <laughs> but they are building their immunity and let them do that when they're under five. Because then when you get into kindergarten, They've already gone through some of those journeys that we don't really want. Yeah. And then they get to spend their time in kindergarten and learning more skills and developing at their own pace. But when you strip away, you know, or I shouldn't say strip away, when you instill this fear of germs and being sick, it adds another layer of parenting stress. Mm-hmm. And that's where we saw, I mean, the biggest parenting complaint I think I hear now is that children are on devices all the time. Yeah. And I shouldn't even say it's a parenting complaint because the parents are the ones that kind of love it. It's the grandparents <laughs> that complain that their grandchildren are always on a device. Mm-hmm. Well, eight years ago when I wasn't a parent yet, yeah, I was the judgmental person that said, I will never allow my child to be on a device. Now... We go out to dinner with a bunch of our friends and I send a text all in favor of devices, say I, because I'd like to just enjoy a hot meal at times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've given my kid my phone or let her brought her let her bring her iPad to dinner. But that's okay too. Mm-hmm. It's we don't have to be as judgmental yeah. as I think we all are guilty of yeah. being at times. Yeah. Um so that kind of goes back to just having grace mm-hmm. and knowing that in a COVID world Mm-hmm. Illness is going to happen, mm-hmm. and we need to really kind of get through it together and build up that immunity because we're going to be okay. Yeah. What advice? I mean, that's a great. That's another good thread. What What advice do you have for parents of young children with devices? Like, what do you see? Like, what, you know, it's just it's it's a very interesting and new thing for us to navigate. Honestly, it scares me because you hear about oh, well, they were just on YouTube Kids and they saw a crazy video pop yeah. up. And so obviously, like, there has to be some type of parental controls. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never suggest just handing a young oh, child gosh, a no. phone and saying, here you go. Um, but I don't know what that looks like for me yet either. It's something that I'm still learning and will continue to learn because I mean, my daughter can probably work an iPad better than I can. And I don't think I'm that old. I had computers (laughs) in high school. And I knew how to use them. Your two-year-old may be able to do it better than I can. Yeah, and now it's everywhere. But I think just maybe not making it so taboo, but doing it with your child. That's great. So sit down on the couch at night and, yes, continue to read your books every night. Because a child should always be read to at the end of their day. But... Sit down and say, hey, what game are you most excited about today? Mm -hmm. And have them teach you. Mm -hmm. So then this way, you are having that bonding time with your child. You're monitoring what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But you're also making sure that it's something appropriate and maybe set limits. Mm -hmm. Depending upon what works best for your family, 
set limits mm-hmm. on it. And there's so many different apps out there and settings on our devices nowadays that can help us with those things, which I still have difficulty with. But, <laughs> um, but they have them for a reason, so utilize them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's really good. Um, yeah, definitely. We, we set boundaries with ours and then... Uh, yeah, we. I remember when mine were younger. I felt like there were he. I think my my oldest. There was a, a app called ABC Mouse, and yeah. it was all these little. Yeah, there was all these um, little things he learned. Uh, um, like there was phonemic awareness. And there was all these. It was it was a very helpful tool mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. And so I think it's it's. I think the word I'm hearing you say there is balance. It's not obviously you're not going to have them on there six hours a day. Exactly. But then you know joining them in it and enjoying something that they're excited about also. You know, right, you can sure. build that bond, and then it just allows your child to know that they can trust you. Mm-hmm. And if they feel like they can be open and honest about and be excited about something, and you're going to be excited with them, you're more likely going to have better communication with your child. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that probably is one of the biggest wants and needs I need as a parent is just that I want my children to know that they can come to me with anything. And if I show an interest in what they're interested about, they're going to be more likely to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 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 starts early. That starts early. And then once once that yeah. is set, I mean, then you'll have your teenagers coming back to you exactly. because you've set that up early on. That you are their person. And there is a way with that balance being in mind, you can do that and yet still not be their friend. Yeah. So I tell my daughter probably way too often that I'll be your friend when you're 25. (laughs) Until then, you're my baby. Mm -hmm. And at 25, you're still going to be my baby. But maybe we'll be friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's that balance of relationship and authority um, that we've got to navigate and find. So as we start to wrap up, is there anything else that you feel like you would love parents of young kids to hear? I think just respect them. They're little people, and they were brought into this world in a magnificent way, Mm -hmm. and they are all miracles in any way that they were brought into this world, whether they are here with their biological family Mm -hmm. or with their adoptive family or if they're in foster care, whatever the way that they, however they got here was a miracle. Mm-hmm. And they are just little sponges that sometimes I think aren't given the credit that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And they're just little people trying to make it in a really big, scary world, <laughs> just like the rest of us are. And I just think at times we need to just take a step back and look at how mag- magnificent they really are and just respect them for who they are, how they are, and just be there for them to, for them to, us to listen to them at times. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. And just managing our expectation that we are not raising mini adults. Yeah. We're raising kids, kids. that are learning. Yeah. And I love the, that they are sponges. And I love what you said in the beginning that we are their best examples. Yes. And that, you know, they will emulate us. So yeah. I, I, that was great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This is a lot easier than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate having you. And if you will um, tune back in in the next couple weeks, we will have brand new episodes for you. So um, hit us up on our website at www.parentingonpurpose.org. Thank you for joining us.